Good morning, and welcome to this edition of a public affair on KGNU with the Community Foundation of Boulder County. I'm your host, Jim Williams, Dean Emeritus University Libraries for CU Boulder, and I'm a trustee for your Community Foundation. The almost two months since the Marshall Fire have felt like two years for many of our listeners, particularly those affected directly by this unimaginable tragedy. The trauma and stress brought on by the Marshall Fire has been difficult for so many of our friends and neighbors, and not just those directly affected. Two wonderful organizations in our community recently received funding from the Community Foundation's Boulder County Wildfire Fund for their important mental health support in the wake of the Marshall Fire. Impact on Education received 265,000 to partially fund mental health advocates at the most fire-affected schools in the Boulder Valley School District. Boulder Jewish Family Service received $250,000 to provide crisis counseling to anyone who needs it in individual and group settings with a focus on trauma-informed practices. Here with me this morning to discuss these programs are Allison Billings, Executive Director of Impact on Education, and Jennifer Banyan, Director of Jewish Family Service of Boulder. I'm gonna start with you, Allison. Why is mental health support so important right now? Well, good morning, Jim, and thanks so much. Um, you know, I think this started prior to the, the fires, that's for sure. In fact, Children's Hospital back in May of 2021 declared a pediatric mental health state of emergency. Um, that was soon after our community experienced a mass shooting, um, but it was before the Marshall fires even broke out. So what we're finding is that this is another compounding trauma impacting everyone in our community, but certainly our youth have been um, have been experiencing trauma after trauma after trauma, and uh, they're struggling. And there's all kinds of data across the country indicating quite how many more kids are showing up in emergency rooms with psychiatric emergencies and mental health emergencies. And what we're trying to do is, is get ahead of that and provide them the mental health supports before it turns into a crisis um, or to offer interventions and make sure that these kids are, are supported. So those who've been directly impacted, who've lost their homes uh, by the Marshall Fire, but even those who were evacuated those who were displaced. Um, this is a really unsettling time and it's really unsettling for, for even the youngest kids. And we've noticed that, you know, windy days can scare kids. And, um, you know, they're just, there's a lot to process to be able to move forward and um, making sure that our school district is fully equipped to take care of these kids day in, day out, not just their educational needs, but their mental health needs too, is where we, we went to the Community Foundation to ask for some support. Terrific, terrific. 
So how is impact on education working to supplement the resources of the mental health team in the Boulder Valley School District? Yeah, so we recognize this would be an immediate issue. And we had conversations in those first days after the fire about what was needed from our community. And our mental health team um, is stretched as it is. Those first two weeks, though, we got some surge support from surrounding school districts who brought in 50 additional counselors. So in the first two weeks that our schools were open in January, um, there, there were additional mental health uh, supports available for students. But once those folks went back to their home districts, it was very clear that there was a huge need for ongoing help and support. So um, what the district asked us to do was try to find funding for four additional mental health advocates who would work specifically in our most fire impacted schools. So the schools that have the most number of displaced students, which are largely in the Louisville and Superior communities. There are about seven schools that have a combined um, population of 6,000 students with almost 700 of them displaced. So north of 10% of these school populations are kids who are essentially homeless. Um, and that has a big impact on everyone uh, in, in the entire school building. You talk about um, mental health advocates. Take a minute and tell us what is their background and what is their training? Great. Uh, so mental health advocates are what we refer to in the school district as the middle tier of support. So we have school counselors in all of our schools and we have external partners like Jewish Family Service and mental health partners who we can uh, refer students out to when they're in uh, acute crisis. But what mental health advocates are sort of this middle tier of support. They can provide more of that prevention and intervention support for the students and the staff who need it most. They can offer uh, some uh, individual counseling, some group counseling. They're not uh, the licensed clinical therapists that we refer our students out to, but they do have backgrounds in psychology and social work. And uh, most of them have master's degrees. They're required to have bachelor's degrees and they are well-trained in um, providing not just mental health first aid, but some ongoing support. So they can check in on kids. They can check in with their teachers and find out how they're doing in their classes. They can observe them during their free times during the day and they can communicate out to parents and families. And I think perhaps the most important part is that they work for the school district and they work in the schools. So this isn't an extra burden that we're placing on families to try to get their kids out to a certain location on a weekday evening or a weekend, but they're getting the care they need during the school day when they're already at school. Okay, Jennifer, now it's time for you to brag. Tell me about the Boulder County Crisis Counseling Program. Uh, thank you, Jim, for having both of us. And, and certainly thank you for elevating the issue of mental health in our community. Um, as, as Allison talked about, we were at a, a, a pretty big crisis tipping point before the fire um, with waiting lists and, and closed practices. And the Boulder County Crisis Counseling Program was developed in partnership with the Community Foundation of Boulder County in response to Cowwood and Left Hand fires, and also to provide support for those who had been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. And it was a smaller program. And like Allison, um, we knew that as soon as the fire hit, we were on the phone knowing we were going to need to scale and scale big. What this program has is a pool of local licensed clinicians, so folks who are fully licensed private practice therapists who have opened their practice and accept payment from 
um, JFS through the grant from the Community Foundation. And they provide, before this fire, we were providing um, five individual and or family sessions. And since the fire, we knew with the deep trauma that was occurring that we were going to need to expand access and expand that number to 10. So with the funding from the Boulder County Wildfire Fund with the Community Foundation, we've expanded to serve um, individuals and families again, also couples therapy. Um, we've increased the number to 10 sessions. And one of the most um, beautiful things that has happened is the, the way that the community of mental health providers has stepped up. So before the fire, we had 70, about 70 local licensed private practice providers who were in the program and accepting referrals from anyone in the community that came through. We've tripled that now. So we have 220 local private practice providers who can see households that have been directly impacted um, by the fire, as well as those who are still um, feeling the impacts of Cowwood and Left Hand and COVID-19. So it's been an amazing, um, generous and, and beautiful to see uh, outpouring of professionals saying, we know our community needs our help. And, and JFS being able to scale up and provide that funding for families to make it very easy, um, very accessible, and they don't need to worry about navigating insurance panels or wait list. Um, we're gonna be able to get them in um, and get them connected as quickly as possible. So what is the um, major use that you're gonna have with the funding from the Community Foundation? Well, since the fire, we've had 130 uh, families sign up. And I believe that's going to keep going um, exponentially. Uh, it feels like every time we talk about it and every time it becomes um, more familiar, we're seeing an uptick in, in utilization, but that's already over 10% of fire impacted households. And like Allison said, you know, sometimes um, families will have a, a, a good day and then a windy day can help, uh, can, can really re-trigger a, a, kid, a, a kiddo. And I had a, a father to call me and he said, I don't know what we need. I don't know how to assess what my daughter needs. I don't know. And I said, you don't have to assess what your daughter needs. We have people who are going to be able to help you assess. So to take that off of their, the amount of worry and the amount of things that they need to think about. Um, my goal is that any person in any family um, who needs to access this gets connected with the right therapy, whether that's for you know, play ther therapy for a kid, kiddo, a teenager in the same family who needs a different type of therapist. Um, there's a lot of um, folks that I've talked to who are, whose, whose families are really disintegrating with the stress. And so having specialists who work with families is gonna be critical. And I, you know, again, my goal is to keep scaling and make this as easy and accessible in the long term. And folks are really just starting to see what their, their needs are and being able to say, okay, I finished all the forms. We've already talked about debris removal. And I remember talking to the therapist panel that I'm a few that I'm working with, and they said, it actually is, this, this program is debris removal of a different kind. So how do we elevate mental health and the mental health resources to the same level as debris removal and insurance forms so that families actually have the long-term resilience to move through this process. So have you had to expand the program? Absolutely, we have expanded. We've tripled the number of providers. We have received a, the $250,000 grant from the Community Foundation. And with Calwood and Left Hand, we served about 50 families, 50 households. And since the fire, we are at 130. And so just in less than two months, we've had over 10% of the households. And so there's sort of a, a, a twofold uh, piece. One is um, knowing we need to 
um, make sure that access is available and easy. So that's the recruitment and tripling of providers, which um, is just phenomenal. And we're going to keep um, recruiting providers, making sure that um, people find a, a, a therapist match that is culturally appropriate, uh, linguistically um, appropriate, um, that resonates with their their family and and what their kids need and make sure that there are choice in that. So we'll keep recruiting, but we have definitely scaled um, in, in such a quick amount of time, just like everyone else has. And it it's available, um, you know, I think we have more capacity in this program to serve mental health um, needs than any other asset in Boulder County right now. Oh my. Before we uh, return the conversation to Allison, I wanna take a moment to thank our listeners for tuning in to KGNU's A Public Affair this morning. I'm speaking today with Allison Billings, Executive Director of Impact on Education, and Jennifer Banyan, Director, Jewish Family Service for Boulder. We're discussing some important mental health programs that are available to residents of Boulder County in the wake of the Marshall Fire. So Allison, back to you for a moment. How do mental health advocates help students and families? How exactly do those mental health advocates do that? So they've got a roster of students, Jim, and um, they they have a caseload. Right now, those caseloads are pretty tremendous, which is why we're um, seeking some additional, uh, seeking to, to boost the number of not just mental health advocates, but also the number of school counselors that are in, um, in our schools. But the um, the main way they help is by reaching out to these students, by having conversations with them, by checking in with them. They offer individual therapy as well as kind of group sessions as well. And uh, they can have conversations then with the families as well. This is what we're observing at school. It seems like your kid's having a good week or it seems like your kid might be having a rough week. How do they seem at home? Um, ask what's going on and, and find out whether it's something that we can handle in the school buildings or whether it's something where we would refer to a program like Jennifer's and say, you know, you need, you may need to, to get some additional help for, for you and your family. But uh, they are reaching each and every one of these kids, following up with them regularly and, um, and checking in. And I think like Jennifer said too, the, it's uh, a bit of a roller coaster. There are good days and bad days. There are good weeks and bad weeks. But overall, we know that the arc of disaster recovery involves a bit of a honeymoon period, which is kind of where we are now, which is where people feel like we're going to rebuild and we're going to build strong. And not that there aren't hard days or scary days, but overall, uh, we know that three months down the line and six months down the line and a year down the line, um, things get harder actually not not easier because rebuilding takes a really long time it's very expensive it's very taxing as the seasons go on there are new things you realize you don't have um, i'm sure our families quickly move to replace winter clothing but then summer will be here and they'll realize we don't have a single pair of shorts or a swimsuit or a towel to take to the pool or a pair of goggles and i know for my kids those are the kinds of things that it took a lot of pair of swim goggles till they found the ones they liked. Um, so, you know, just as things go on, there are constantly going to be challenges. And I think 
Um, what both of these programs are all about is setting our families up to weather those tough days and, um, and those tough weeks and to have the resources they need to, to get through. So I've heard you talk about partnerships. Um, this is a question I'll put both of you on the spot. Is there much coordination between your two programs? Great question, I'll, Jennifer. Yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead. Say, we are new friends, but good friends. And um, I think the uh, this question has come up from a few of our donors as well. Actually, is you know how coordinated is this um, is this ecosystem of mental health in our community? And um, the truth is, I think overall mental health is drastically under resourced. Um, my sense, though, because we work way beyond mental health, we're the foundation for the school district, we help them with all kinds of, um, of gaps and make sure that our students can access all that education has to offer. Um, so we are by no means mental health experts, but my sense of the mental health ecosystem in this community is that it's pretty well functioning. It's just under resourced. Um, but Jennifer probably knows better than I do, since this is more uh, what, what Jewish Family Service does on the regular. Jim, I appreciate the, the question. Um, Alice and I became fast friends. I think we were on the phone within the week of, of the fire saying, how do we, what do we need to do together? How do we make the pot bigger? Whatever funding we get, how do we leverage it so that we bring in more resources? Because we both understood that this is gonna be massive. And as Allison just mentioned, uh, long-term, um, these families are going, they already are spread out throughout the Metro area and, and we are their community. And so keeping them very attached as they uh, go through the rebuilding process, um, so they're not um, so that so that they know they belong here is, is really important. And to the the question about mental health uh, as a system, I do agree um, that we're vastly underfunded. Um, probably um, numbers that that we we would be unfathomable. Um, I've I've worked in other states and and, and communities, and and Colorado is a tough one um, for funding. Um, what I would also say is that there is a um, a not enough therapist um, who, who can be hired. So there are a lot of positions that are open. Um, and so the capacity to be responsive is uh, can be really tricky. And so even if there is funding, we may not be able to re uh, recruit and retain as a, as a whole ecosystem. So not just one agency. Um, and that's why I'm so grateful about the way that this program was set up is that we took existing providers who are spread out. We have one of the highest per capita uh, rates of therapists to individuals in, in the country and these private practice therapists uh, set, raised their hand and said, well, I'm going to open my practice for this because that was capacity that we could create overnight and hiring and retaining is going to take a year, if not more. And we're going to have to figure that out with funding. And then how do we retain the, the really good people that are working with these families over time? Oh, okay, Jennifer. Uh, another quick question for Allison before we uh, go back to you. Um, Allison, I understand that your strong partnership with BVSD allows you to focus on district-wide investments. So why is that important? Well, thanks, Jim. So yeah, Impact on Education was, was actually first named the foundation for Boulder Valley Schools back when we were created in, in 1983. And that was our name for, for several decades. Um, but it's still really the function of what we do. We are essentially the philanthropic arm of our local public schools. And so um, we are in constant communication with uh, 
school leaders and with district leaders. And our work plan is really generated by their strategic objectives and the places where community resources can be leveraged to meet the needs of our, of our underfunded schools. Um, overall, as I'm sure you know, Colorado's schools K-12 schools are drastically underfunded, one of the lowest in the state, depending on which study you look at, we're 48th or 47th out of 50 states. Um, and while our local community provides some supplemental funding, still our per pupil funding is radically lower than it is in peer communities around the country. And so um, I hope that there will be a day when there isn't a need for our organization to exist and we don't have to raise external dollars and find resources under couch cushions to support our schools. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the, the current reality here in, uh, in Boulder Valley. So our partnership with the district really just allows us to figure out where there, there are systemic problems and also where there are really acute problems. But essentially what we, what we come to the table with are ways to uh, address gaps and, uh, and fill opportunities and make sure that every single kid can access everything our public schools have to offer and that it's not based on their family's financial situation. Uh, and that's you know, critical in, in an issue like this when we're talking about Marshall Fire Recovery. Um, while there are schools with really intense, um, where the, the bulk of our students are located, we have kids spread out over 30 different schools. Kids displaced by the Marshall Fire are spread across 30 different schools. So this is a district-wide issue. And, um, and the staff we have, in addition to over 1,000 Boulder Valley School District students who've lost their housing, we have 96 BBSD staff members who've lost their housing. And that includes everyone from bus drivers and substitute teachers to uh, school educators and principals and um, making sure that we're here to support all of those community members so that they can get back to doing what they love, which is being in our school buildings and learning. So um, that's really what that partnership I think represents. Okay. So Allison, Jennifer, well, let's go back to Jennifer just for just a minute. Jennifer, I understand that um, your organization is offering some new group sessions uh, under the heading of EMDR group sessions. What does EMDR stand for? I'm so glad that you asked that. Um, so EMDR stands for um, Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And it's an evidence-based practice designed to reduce distress and what I love about this group EMDR that we're able to offer again through this, this new grant is, it, is a, it's a single session intervention that is designed specifically for disaster. So it's utilized throughout the world um, at post-disaster to build resiliency and reduce traumatic stress that is caused by events such as this. And one of the things that is um, so beautiful about this is also that it, um, it helps balance your own internal resources and decreases your level of distress. And it's also a, um, a nonverbal process. So it's a 90 minute single session intervention that we're gonna be offering. Um, as of this morning, I just added two more and we'll be doing five a week um, at different times in different locations in Louisville and Superior and, and virtual. Um, and these groups, they incorporate mindfulness and grounding and then EMDR, which um, in and of itself is a modality that uh, decreases 
disturbance while you're processing the information. And I've already had some feedback from my panel that has um, now conducted three, that all of the participants have reported a decrease in their level of distress. The other thing is these, these are free and people can attend more than one session. Um, and we immediately went to this and, and brought a panel. They're all local trained. It's very rare to have folks trained in this, but we were able to pull together. Um, right now we have four trained group EMDR um, therapists who are able to um, do one or two of these a week. And they are, um, uh, they're just, it's just amazing to be able to get this out. And we knew that this was the modality that would support the community in the quickest way. What it does is it decreases the, um, the prevalence and it can prevent the onset of longer term PTSD, depression, anxiety, relationship or health issues that can follow a trauma like this. So I can't even, I get so excited because it's such a powerful intervention. And, and what I want is for everyone to feel like they have a place in this and that they can see themselves in, in this. And I do think the, the nonverbal um, majority of the session being nonverbal can really help shield people from listening to more trauma. Um, and having to speak the trauma and it and and they can move through and lower their levels of distress. Well, Allison and Jennifer, what else can we say to you except that our community is so lucky that we have your two organizations in our community. Thank you so much for taking time with us this morning to share this great information about your programs. And to our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Community Foundation's monthly program of KGNU, A Public Affair. You can learn more about the Community Foundation of Boulder County at C-O-M-M-F-O-U-N-D dot org. We'll be back with you on KGN's, KGNU's A Public Affair on March 28th, 2022. Be well, everyone. Be well. <laughs>